Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily in association with Betway. My name is Marcus Speller. And my name is Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. <clears throat> oh, look at that. A cough already. Um, how are we, chaps? You're still, you're still holding out okay in your, in your homes? Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Foot Podcast is, uh, is holding up very well. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we go any further, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Luke, you've got an important announcement. I do, and we realise that this is a difficult and uncertain time for all, and the first and foremost, our thoughts are with everyone directly or indirectly affected by this virus. We wish you all a full and speedy recovery, and of course, we want you to, and your families to be well. Uh, that's the most important thing. But if you're fortunate enough to not be affected or have your work affected by the measures being taken around the world, then please consider supporting our podcasts by donating to our Patreon. Uh, it's a difficult advertising market out there uh, at the moment, and we're going to need all the help we can get to keep going. You can support us from as little as a dollar a month and from $5 a month and above, there are loads of great benefits, extra shows, access to exclusive material and loads more besides, which will continue. Please consider donating if you can. We've been doing this since April 2007 
would you believe? Uh, but the mood music in the advertising world is the worst we've ever seen it. And if we are to keep this proud old institution going, we might need to think outside the box a bit. Uh, so please support us. It's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. That's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. And many thanks to those of you that have already become patrons. It really is much appreciated. Uh, and you're going to be uh, absolutely key for us over the coming months. So again, on behalf of the entire Football Ramble Daily team, our deepest thanks and appreciation for your support. The URL to remember and go and visit is patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. So whether you pause now and go and take a look or you do it after you've listened to today's episode, please do do it. And thank you very much. We love you guys. We love you all. Uh, <clears throat> right, shall we? Uh, let's yeah, let's delve into what's been going on this week uh, in uh, in the football news. Uh, many of you will have seen that Euro twenty twenty, of course, has been postponed. I mean, that's came as no surprise. Uh, the tournament will take place from the eleventh of June to eleventh of July two thousand and twenty one. There were no objections, of course, and there's no plans to change the twelve host cities. There will still be seven matches played uh, at Wembley. Um, so it was no surprise, really, the Euros being postponed, gentlemen. It was the obvious thing to do. And uh, without being um, a bit uh, fickle, I mean, I suppose from, from certain players' point of views, and I know you talked a bit about this one on the continent, from an England point of view, the likes of Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford will probably be, well, not quite pleased because no one's pleased about what's going on, but, but certain players uh, will be back in contention, you'd imagine. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, obviously... You know, it's a, it's a time of huge upheaval. But really, what is the difference between winning Euro twenty twenty and winning Euro twenty one? Exactly true. We'll take a victory either way. Exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll go and get one. <laughs> Jim, what what is it about being confined to your house that's made you so punchy? Um, I just I'm I'm just quite the big man when there's no one around. <laughs> <laughs> you can see me strutting around, cock of the walk. No one in my bedroom's gonna. Step up, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like on 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 this decision. Of course, we talked about it yesterday on the continent. Andy Gate was very eloquent as usual about what it means. There is an element, isn't there, Marcus? As you've alluded to, uh, about it's going to be very very bad news for mm. let's because let's just take the football for a moment because that's what we're here to talk about. Um, it's very very bad news for some players. Um, Andy uh, identified. Um, Dimitri Payet and Olivier Giroud as examples because it might come too late for them now. But for mm-hmm. some younger players um, and for some players who would have missed the, the, the tournament probably through injury, it's obviously good news. And th- there's really no no alternative to, to, than to move it for, for a couple of reasons as well. One is because um, clearly um, the domestic season's need to be finished if mm-hmm. at all possible mm-hmm. and um also because some of the teams haven't actually qualified for the tournament yet have they so right, yeah. they plan on making those happen doing the playoffs for the qualification at the moment as it stands in june is that right yeah that's what uefa said although i i would have thought that might be postponed as well i mean the playoffs include scotland ireland and northern ireland among among other uh, teams of course but yeah they said that as uefa said that's subject to review of the situation so yeah, we don't even know all the teams that are going to be at the tournament, of course. So that needs to be to be finalised as well. Mm. Also, I was going to say that um, obviously there's the FIFA's club tournament as well, which was slated to appear then. So we don't know what happens with that, but um, hopefully it will be smashed to bits forever, <laughs> and yeah. uh, we will never have a proper club World Cup. Very much on the back burner. They're very much the yeah. kind of extra jar of olives that you'd quite like to have when you're shopping around the supermarket yeah. of football issues at this point. I, I say open the <laughs> lid on the back burner, just pop it in. 
Yeah. <laughs> Chuck it in the burner. Do you know what I find funny about the FIFA Club World Cup is that no one has mentioned it in terms of, well, when's that going to take place? We've got the Euros are postponed. The women's Euros will be probably summer of 2022 because obviously the men's World Cup won't be around that time because we're having it in Qatar. Yes, that's happening still. Uh, and, uh, and we've had the, the, the Nations League. They said that the semis in the final, which was due to be played on the 2nd to the 6th of June 2021, will be moved. Nobody has mentioned the, the Club World Cup. And you can imagine, I, I understand that that's a FIFA tournament and this was a meeting with UEFA. But I've not heard yeah. people on Twitter talking. I mean, you imagine someone said, but what about the FIFA Club World Cup? And you think, not now, Gianni. <laughs> but the thing is though you guys we're being quite smug about that now give it another week we'll yeah, be desperate yeah. i'd yeah, love a FIFA club world cup right now to be honest <laughs> yeah actually when the there was something that we laughed about in our, in our own whatsapp group which is when the the announcement was, was made that the tournament was going to be moved one of the first replies was somebody saying what's going to happen to the confederations cup yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that immediately sprung to mind oh yeah the Confed. can i just say like in, in, a, in a which is completely protocol i think for everyone um i go through phases with the confederations cup and there's mm. two of them roughly and I'll, I'll talk you through them one is i have absolutely no thoughts at all on the fact that it even exists mm-hmm. that's point number one and the thought process number two is oh it's happening right now yeah there's no plan i, I don't think about it at all at any point yeah but probably because england are in it it's at best a sort of fun friendly isn't it in the summer yeah. yeah, I remember the one that ha- in South Africa, the head of the South Africa World Cup. And I remember, I think Spain won it. Did, no, did Spain win it? And I didn't, the, the US beat Spain. That's right. Yeah, the, uh, uh, but I think maybe Brazil beat them in the final. I can't, I can't remember. But uh, I, I just, um, I, I remember that tournament happening. Uh, whereas other than that, I, I can't remember any of them at all do you know who the current uh, confed champions are oh um in 2009 mark i just checked brazil beats uh the u.s in the final that's uh, right yeah and the u.s beat spain on the way to the final didn't yeah, which so, is yeah. incredible yeah, yeah. The, the current champions yeah, are germany they beat chile one nil in the final last time around in, in 1999 mexico won the confed cup which is wow. quite something and in 1995 Denmark won it in 92. Argentina beat Saudi Arabia in the final. How far back are we going with this, Marcus? 1992 was the first one, Jim. <laughs> reading, <laughs> reading the results of the Confederation. <laughs> oh, God. <That's... laughs> right, here's Marcus. That's our Christmas content fucking done. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, can I just apologise for what happened there? Because genuinely, I went into a trance. And as Luke rightly said, I started reading the results of the Confederations Cup from the 1990s on the Football Ramble podcast. Now, I never thought... We often sort of say, I think that's the worst thing we've ever done. I think that is a huge, huge contender, yeah. my giddy <laughs> um, Oh, dear. Sorry. The worst thing we've ever done, and also the best thing we've ever done, was last Easter when we did 12 episodes of a podcast just about bald people in football. Yeah. yeah. That was all to just uh, climax in in an episode about Sven, though. Yeah, I think we carried it off. I think we did all right. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those days. To be yeah. Anyway, who was here who won the Confed Cup in 2003? <laughs> 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 oh, dearie me. Well... Um, back to domestic football. I mean, not that there is any, of course, but but the FA have announced that the football uh, in in this country is postponed until at least the thirtieth of April. And again, 
you would have thought it would be pushed back, hence at least yeah. the 30th of, of April. Uh, but the FA's rules and regulations state that the season needs to be finished by the 1st of June, but they have the board have agreed to extend the 2019-2020 season indefinitely, which is what a lot of clubs, especially Liverpool and Leeds, yeah. wanted to hear. Uh, well, this is this is yeah. great, isn't it? Because we were talking on the, on the show earlier about. Um, I, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, quite angry with us for talking about the idea of the season being made null and void. But we did state very clearly at the top that that would that is you know in a scenario where the season, for whatever reason, was deemed not to be able to be finished. I think everybody. Yeah, let's just get it absolutely right. We've been absolutely battered. We have been absolutely I've, battered. I've, I've, yeah. avoid, I've avoided the Reddit. People have people ignored our caveat. That's what yeah. we. I love that people would be angry that we're giving that opinion. We're not the decision makers. Do you know what I mean? We've yeah. not. Yeah. Like, we're just we're, we're scratching around like everybody else, and we're saying that. Do you know what? If we can't finish this season in the summer, we're thinking then it might have to be null and void. But that's obviously an awful, uh, awful situation. Yeah. All the is if the season can't be finished, you can't give a trophy to a team that hasn't won it yet. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's not that controversial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, um, but anyway, this is good, isn't it? That they have, they, they've obviously moved that, that rule. And I think 30th of April is a deadline for now, but they, they need to do it in stages. I'm sure that will be, you know, that will be moved as and when appropriate. Here's, here's one for you guys. There's something that came out of Italy and we talked about it yesterday, Andy and I, the idea that, um, I can't remember his name now. It might be Gabriele Gavani, the guy who's head of the Italian FA or the football or, or Serie A or something. It doesn't matter. Anyway, he was saying that what could happen is you could essentially can complete the current season throughout next season. So almost you have like two years to complete a single yeah. season and you give players a time to get up to match fitness. You have enough time between games. You're not trying to squeeze it all in because there's probably going to be to be some kind of pre-season so kind of ersatz pre-season anyway mm. uh, and, you, and you extend it through and then you get a bit of a break again um and and people aren't knackered and completely half injured for the euros i think that sounds like a really good idea chiefly because i thought this before this coronavirus thing happened we've we've definitely got to the stage where for me there's just too much football anyway yeah i mean you and andy touched on this on on, on the continent yesterday and I, I i agree like if 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 the slightest thing throws uh i mean obviously this is not the slightest thing but even in the case where if anything had to be cancelled the, the the uh the, the calendars are so stuffed with football especially as you know we were just talking about a, a club <laughs> world cup there are new tournaments being sort of rolled into play at all times it's it's just not sustainable is it and it's 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 less enjoyable it sort of matters less if it's just constantly happening everywhere um and yeah. i th- i think the the potential permutations of what happens uh, next season if indeed you know we we, we get a handle on this and and, and we can c- continue in some form um for next season as well i'm intrigued as to see what will happen because if we do have some sort of truncated season where perhaps the cup competitions have to be rested or i don't know there's there is a shorter season and that's figured out in in whatever way is deemed fairest it would almost be a little bit like the south american leagues with the apertura and the and the clausera clausara mm. as a lot of them have where they they have two two seasons in a season effectively mm. and cuz you know South American football is like this beautiful other dimension where everything's the same, but it's also completely different. Yeah. I'd be really intrigued as to see what what you know a version of that would be like in Europe. So every, every, everything's exactly the same, with the uh, exception that whatever happens, River Plate cannot be relegated. No, no. <laughs> well, of course they did manage it though, which was absolutely remarkable. I mean, the, the the setup in South America is obviously, as you say, 
Jim different. Um, mm. I mean, the only thing is that you do this kind of if 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 it goes on and on and on this thing, then you then you could finish the um, the, the season even if it takes. I mean, John Barnes said that uh, he said it's not possible to give Liverpool the title as the season hasn't finished. I think you know we're certainly in agreement. Uh, and then he went on to say um, that the season needs to finish, though, even if it doesn't finish until December, which which means potentially writing off next season. And I thought, well, OK, John, so you're saying you can't give Liverpool the title because that's the season hasn't finished. So that seems rational. But we will move heaven and hell to make sure <laughs> Liverpool do win the league. And if that means <laughs> getting rid of everything in in the foreseeable yeah. future, then, then we need to do that. And you thought, well, yeah. So I, if indeed it... You know, we're not playing football or they're not playing football. Should I say I'm not going to kick a ball? I'm going to kick a toilet roll, though. But if we if we if the season doesn't finish until, say, December, like John Barnes says, you know, it's not until maybe September that that they take to the field again. Then your suggestion, Jim, about having this kind of half season, then then you could do a half season. I disagree with you on that, Jim, because I think if you're going to if you're going to get to the stage where it becomes rapidly clear that if if we if we complete this season it doesn't complete till december then you just in my view you're in a bit of a shit state for the rest of the year oh yeah i mean to to clarify i'm not saying that i have a particular um passion for one solution over another no you are Jim. you're being yeah. fucking out of order you are being out of order jim well i'm going to i'm going to deck you mate uh, <laughs> quite, quite so say that to my face man. you're quite the big man when you're on your own aren't yeah, you oh yes i am <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyone, anyone want an update on the Confed Cup? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Luke, what were you saying? I was just going to say that you might as well extend it. If you're going to do it that way, you might as well extend it across both 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 years, and and then and then you give people a rest. There's a there's a bit because one of the things that I think has been lost, and I understand it's not the main um, concern in these difficult times, but if you cast your mind back to before this all happened. I think we might have even mentioned it on a ramble episode or, or two. What we what we had lost, um, and and Jim, you you kind of alluded to this a second or two ago, which was about <clears throat> there's no breathing room in the schedule. And of course, we saw that with Jurgen mm. Klopp's Liverpool and their and their their need to go and play a tournament overseas while at the same time having a, a League Cup commitment. What what we're losing is this anticipation between games, this build up. Yeah games i didn't feel as someone who you know at least tangentially works in the sport and in broadcasting that there was enough time to build up between games that you would really look forward to and then do those games justice by by previewing them by looking at them by watching them by enjoying them by processing them because you were just moving on to the next thing as quick as possible it was it it felt to me there's been football matches happening every single night just in this country so Mm. I wouldn't be. I know it's all about money, and I know that the, that the world moves on, and I don't want to be that old man that yells at the cloud. But I don't <laughs> think it's necessarily a bad thing if we if we if we have a little bit of a breather between games and start to give ourselves a bit yeah. more space to properly enjoy the game again. I think yeah. part of the problem with that though was that when there was a bit less football around, the amount of hype and previewing and build up largely because, well, exclusively because of Sky Sports, really, um, just became ridiculous, didn't it? So I think this is this is part of the, the, the machine that is football, is to just keep producing content and keep producing hype, keep pe- people, um, you know, invested like and glued to it. Very much so. Well, keep up in a job, Jim, yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I, yeah, it, there certainly seems to be uh, a collective will 
among all the clubs and everybody to, to finish this season. That's what FA chief exec Mark Bullingham said. And, uh, you know, that is, that's what everybody wants to do. And I don't think there's a football fan, even if your, uh, your team is about to be relegated or something. I think there is an, a, a bit of fair play going on here that I don't think anybody wants the season null and void. No, but we, but as you say, if it goes on and on and on this, it's going to become very, very tricky. But all 24 championship clubs have, have reached an agreement to try and finish this season. And if the season isn't finished, there's a worry that legal challenges could be mounted by clubs who are denied promotion and therefore an increase in revenue and so on and so forth. But of course, it, the, the championship can decide that, but everybody needs to move. It's certainly by, by country. Yeah. You would have thought by continent, but certainly by country, everybody needs to move in the same direction. Uh, and make the same decisions because you, you can't have, you know be a sickener for the championship to say right well, we're all going to carry on in the Premier League as you know we're not I can't imagine that happening by the way but that- no but the big concern for me on that isn't even I, I do take the point and that is important but the, to me the big concern and I, I, I'm interested in your guys thoughts on this is that I don't know how likely it is that all the football league clubs not just the championship clubs um, but the 72 football league clubs will all be available to complete well, their fixtures. Now, of course, we lost we lost Barry already. Mm. Can, can complete their fixtures if there's a three, four, five month break where they're getting no match day revenue. Yeah. There's going to be some kind of emergency financial package that needs to be developed somehow to keep these teams afloat. Otherwise, they're not going to, be able to feel, fulfill their fixtures anyway. And I've not seen yeah. anything of real. Con- I know it's early days, but I've not seen anything concrete coming out of anywhere in football to say how they're going to sort that out yeah well it'd be really useful if there was some huge organization that had some sort of surplus of cash but i just can't think of where that would be (laughs) (laughs) i I checked after monday show and it's 2.3 billion not 4 billion so you've been out of order there oh sorry (laughs) there's been a there's been a handful of fifa execs who've had a lovely old last few years then haven't they but uh, yeah um, yeah, fa the, 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 the mark bullingham of the fa he did say that they were in talks with the government over financial difficulties that some clubs are facing due to the ongoing situation. But again, it's all very up in the air at the moment. And I'm sure there's a lot of people going to their respective governments at the minute with, with concerns to say the least, because this affects everybody. But you're right, Luke, it is extremely worrying and uh, it'll be awful. Hopefully it won't happen, but it will be awful if certain clubs just go, right, we, we, we can't carry on anymore. We, we hear horrible yeah. stories about lots of staff being um, uh, you know, laid off and uh, players being asked to take wage cuts and, and so on and so forth. Now, I know people say, oh, players get a lot of money, but, but not at every level they don't. And uh, it just shows you. And it happened at Barnet almost instantly, didn't it, Marcus? Just straight away. Yeah. It, exactly. You're absolutely right. So the situation is very desperate. It really is. Um, All right, chaps. Well, uh, let's have a quick break, and after which we'll do some emails. See you all in a moment. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily, sponsored by Betway. Right, everybody, it's time for emails. Yes, indeed, it is time for emails. We're going to do an email each this week uh, just to make it a little bit more interesting. But before I do mine, um, just a quick reminder. Dig. He's the big man now. He's the big man hiding behind his microphone now. The worst thing about that was it was totally unintentional. (laughs) Sorry, that's really really rude of me, isn't it? You fucking prick. Um, Not to make them more interesting, you know what I mean. We're just going to break up a bit. Um, Jim, if you won't up your game, this is going to happen. I told you. Um, Anyway, pattering on. Before I do that, I just want to remind people of the Patreon. It's super important if you wouldn't mind um, going over there and checking it out. Patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. Help us keep the lights on. Help us keep going in this difficult advertising market and all that good stuff. We really do appreciate it. But anyway, um, on Monday's show, I believe it was, and Marcus, who is the super memory, will tell me if I'm wrong. But I believe on Monday... um, the old trebuchet gate reared oh, its ugly. It did. And I mentioned I mentioned trebuchets and the medieval weaponry thing that went on. <clears throat> and we got an email off the back of that. And I'm just going to read it as it's written. Dear Ramblers, while listening to the last ramble, I felt a warm glow of nostalgia as Luke discussed the medieval weaponry saga of 2016. However, this quickly turned into a furnace rage when he recounted an anecdote about the two medieval chaps continuing the debate at a live show in Birmingham. For you see, dear ramblers, I have never been to Birmingham. (laughs) Yes, it is I, Lord Trebuchet, official and uncontested ramble historian. 
Like a master artillerist with a well-aimed missile from my siege piece, I obliterated the last challenger back in 2016, <laughs> only to now find that an imposter has taken on the unearned mantle of ramble medieval weaponry expert. Well, by God, this shall not stand. Here we go. The level has been raised and my forces are marshaled. Will this imposter dare come forward and admit their duplicity, abase themselves before the ramble community and beg forgiveness for their sins? I await your reply. Joe Hall, official and uncontested Ramble historian. My goodness. I mean, this is seismic news. Unbelievable. Yeah. What are I, we going to do? Uh, shots fired. Yeah. Jim, are you the big man still now? Because I want to hide behind you if you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are all welcome in my fort if it comes to it. Yeah, Although, yeah, to yeah. be fair, my fort is just a drying rack. I ain't going to hold up against the medieval trebuchet. Uh, it, to be fair, it is inside a flat. So... <laughs> I don't know. I'm still not confident. We'll see. I mean, this, um, hopefully we won't get caught up in the middle of this, but um, it's, it's shots fired. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus, what do you think? Speaking of siege pieces, Pete's back on Monday, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he is, yeah. I think, I, think that, I think this is the kind of content we desperately need. <laughs> what I want to know is, is I, I, one, have I misremembered that exchange in the foyer of the venue at Birmingham in 2016? I think that, that one of the guys was there. One of the, I don't think the debate actually, there was one of the historian chaps was, was there and he left. And I think his friend got talking to us and said, oh, my mate was the trebuchet, or one of the trebuchet guys. I'll go and get, and I went, oh, yeah, get him back. And, and he came back and we just chatted. So I don't think there was. Yeah, he both. came back and giving it the big licks. And Joe Hall is saying, look, I vanquished this guy before. Why is he giving mm. the big licks to you guys in person when he knows for a fact that I am the official and uncontested round with the story of Lord Trebuchet? I mean, it sounds mm. like Joe Hall is is rather full of his own pomp there. So I can't remember. Oh, that's no, well, I, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> listen to what he calls himself. It's not a ridiculous suggestion, what I've just said. Well, it's you he's going to be aiming the catapult at now, mate. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, and also, it's a bit rich from a man who, off the record, Marcus calls himself the podcast messy. <laughs> King of sorry. <laughs> I don't even live in sorry, and I haven't done for years, Jim. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think we need to hear from the other guy. Because he was we the one. Do, yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. I can't remember his name. He knows who he is. He's got his right to reply now, isn't he? He's probably, um, he's probably got bored of listening, so he might not hear from him again. Yeah, well, yeah. if you know him, <laughs> dig him out. So I've got an email here. Um, obviously, I made a plea for you guys to get in touch uh, on, on the show on Monday, and, and you did in your droves, and it's hugely appreciated. Please keep them coming. A lot of them have been very, very creative. Obviously, we can't get around to reading all of them. Uh, some of them are very, very touching as well. Obviously, we, we get a lot, so we, unfortunately, we, we, we endeavor to as, as best where we can, but we can't reply to all of them, but do know they are received and hugely, hugely appreciated. So as I say, I asked for some creativity, and uh, I've got some here. Uh, dearest Ramblinos, for some time now, I've been bewitched by Lacazette. And I don't mean by the man himself, though that would be no surprise, but simply by his name, because what a name. Lacazette is a name that would honour a rare and slender pistol or a top-secret racing yacht, or an illegal yeah. dance. I spent a good few weeks rolling this name around in my mouth before I finally figured out why. I think it connotes such things, and in discovering the roots of its power, I fear I may have landed upon yet another football-themed parlour game with which to while away the hours of isolation. You see, 
when my brain reads Lacazette, it also reads Lucasade and Gillette. And of course, the man is an energy drink with a cutting edge, a scythe dipped in adrenaline, a razor and a racing heart all in one. With this revelation in mind, I wondered if there were any other footballers who na- whose names conduct combinations of common brands that in some way also symbolise their personality or playing style. Elsewhere in the Arsenal squad, we find Martinelli, who is obviously nothing less than the intoxicating sophistication of Martini Vermouth, served in a race-winning Pirelli tyre. <laughs> Meanwhile, very good. at Newcastle, San Maximan is perhaps a rare three-way combo uh, of the timeless French style of Yves Saint Laurent, the hotbod energy of Maxim Magazine, and the placement capabilities of a GPS-enabled Garmin fitness tracker. At a stretch... The third one's at a stretch, is it, mate? At a stretch in Manchester, uh, in Manchester United's Lindelof, do we not find both the reliable, reliability of lint chocolate, both he and the Swiss manufacturer are best known for their bulwark, and the Scandinavian surround sound, he can play centre and right back, can't he, of Bang & Olufsen speakers. Can your listeners think of any other footballers who seem, uh, who, who seem subject to this per- peculiar nominative determinism one played out via marketing budgets eternally yours billy in amsterdam who begged me not to use his real name um so a lot to unpack i mean the fact he's in amsterdam might explain the um somewhat uh, off the uh off piste nature of this uh this email but uh yeah I'll, I'll come back straight away and say that um or the other, that was a brilliant email, mm. and I'm sure plenty of people will have uh, have their own suggestions, and and, and so they should. Yeah. But I couldn't get out of my mind when he started that. Just Sean Gregan, okay, who who has the name of someone who <laughs> who absolutely sounds like a sometime centre back, sometime bread and butter midfield player who played for Preston, Darlington, and Oldham Athletic. <laughs> Sean Gregan, yeah, a bit of that, you I, know. I, Oh, it's, it's not quite the same, but I always thought um, Victor Wanyama sounded like a man who was in- encouraging a Scottish mother. Like, Wanyama! There's <laughs> a book called, um, I think it's called Freakonomics. Yes. And uh, loads of people would have read it. Mm. And there's a bit in there about nominative determinism where it is, I think it has been proven that people do tend to, more, they're more likely to become um, what they've been named. Yes, Max Power. Which is kind of weird. Definitely, and weirdly, which also seems to fly in the in the face. The the opposite can also be true. It tends to be one extreme or the other, doesn't it? Uh, wasn't there a guy who named his kids winner and loser, and you know, winner became winner didn't do very well and loser did. <laughs> it's in the book. Oh my God. <laughs> That's just outrageous. I know, you can imagine right? doing anything. That, that's like surely social services were called. You can't do yeah. that. Can you do that? No, I mean, I social services get involved in a name. It's like, yeah, it's a, you know, it's a family thing. Well, I've got an email here from Aidan, who says, "Hi, chaps. On Monday's show, you you spent some time uh, focusing on how the legal shape up and when we can finish it. But what about the FA Cup? I think the answer is simple and obvious. Inspired by the greatest European club." cup slash plaque competition in history, we should mimic the Intertoto Cup. The premise is simple. (laughs) If it's not the Confed Cup, it's the Intertoto Cup. Yeah. Um, The premise is simple. Between 2006 and 2008 inclusive, the Intertoto Cup was a means of clubs to qualify for the UEFA Cup. Well, that was actually not just in those uh, few seasons, uh, but in between 2006 and 2008, it was a very, very strange way of awarding the winners of that trophy. So of the 11 teams that qualified, the team that went furthest in the UEFA Cup won the prestigious Intertoto Cup slash plaque. 
Which was I, I totally forgot that. You see the picture of the plaque; it's oh, embarrassing. The, well, the he included is hilarious. He included a picture of uh, Scott Parker looking very chuffed uh, as a Newcastle United player. Do you want to, do you want to describe the plaque for us, Marcus? Um, I, <laughs> basic. That's what it is. It looks like it was from Microsoft Word in about 1998. <laughs> it looks like, yeah, that, that little uh, paperclip offered help and whoever designed it yeah. taken that paperclip's help. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like something you'd hand to the third place team at the Confed Cup. Um, so, Marcus, so, are you saying that, that the Toto wasn't actually won, in, in quotes, in like a traditional way then? Well, it, well, I think it was previously, although I think there was a few winners. It was a very strange tournament. But as Aidan's saying, and, and quite rightly so, between 2006 and 2008... The, the 11 teams that kind of went through the qualifying in the summer got to the UEFA Cup, but the team that went furthest in the UEFA Cup were given the, the plaque, which is, is, <laughs> a, it is a little bit kind of I tried hard sticker at school sports day. Totally. You get, you get knocked out of a competition and you immediately get a plaque for a competition yeah. you won another time. But it's like, oh, it's you're weird. the best of the losers. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, of all of us, yeah. you represented us the best. It's like, no, yeah. I, I've moved on from you. Lot. It, yeah, maybe Luke like <laughs> Well, Aidan says, so simply put, we end the FA Cup now. We restart it as per usual next season. Of the remaining teams in this year's cup, the team that goes furthest in next year's competition wins this year's cup. If that's not enough to wet your whistle, then think of this. Any of the remaining teams could end up being the first double FA Cup winners. History is being made. Best wishes, Aidan. You get the FA Cup and the FA plaque. I, I, Damien Cunningham's brother. Oh, blimey. I don't know what he's doing. Should I not mention? Yeah, best not. Best not. We love you, really, Damien. We, yeah. Yeah. Uh, please subscribe. Show about footballramble.com to get in touch. And as Jim says, uh, we, we we love to hear from you. Jim, you've done a brilliant job of pouring through these emails so yeah, far. Well, so good on you, mate. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, just uh, another one, of course, about uh, you. Can, I mean, you can message us on 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 Patreon on our on our Discord as well. Um, did anyone see that uh, there was <laughs> there was a chap called Mike Clark who signed up to Patreon? As he as he put it, I heard my brother was chipping off on the Discord, and that cannot go unchallenged. <laughs> I love that. I will pay money on a monthly basis to stop my brother getting away with something. Yeah, top work from the clerks there. Um, but we yes, do, we do very much appreciate that. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to some non-virus related football news? Yes, please. Um, I mean, I saw this headline on the BBC, and I thought, yeah, the world is going into meltdown. Blah 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 blah. And this headline didn't surprise me. Arsenal resigned to losing striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang this summer. <laughs> Can we go back to the virus, please? Can you, can you read out the dates of the Intertoto Cup, please? <laughs> I just love the fact, in among all this, that Arsenal are resigned to losing their best player. How has that news crept through? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's been creeping for a while, hasn't it? It's an easy story to tell at the moment, but I, I thought I was going to get a break from this at least. Yeah, Jim, I, I don't. I also don't. I don't. I don't know why, you know, people are at Arsenal, all working from home, of course, have, are having to field calls that get them to a stage where they're resigned to lose their best striker. Is this even possible? Is this just a, a case of assumed news? The sort, of, sort of thing where if you're a journalist, you can put it out safe in the knowledge that nobody's going to rebuff it. I don't know, Jim. Yeah. I, I think Luke's onto something. Everyone at Arsenal's at home and people are just phoning them up and go, any news? Well, we're resigned to losing a Bamiyang, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> Next story on your list is that Arsenal might make a bid for Barcelona defender Samuel Ntiti. Why are they so busy? Yeah, that's not yeah. happening, well, is it? There's no way Arsenal are going to get a bid in for him. 
Arsenal, they're also interested in Chris Smalling, apparently, if Roma don't sign him permanently. Smalling's a big mm, player quite well. Up. Yeah, again, probably won't happen. Still fine, though, isn't it? It is. Um, I love this, though, that Real Madrid, this was a headline, Real Madrid are considering releasing Gareth Bale this summer. Despite what's going on in the world, you can always rely on a Gareth Bale transfer yeah. saga. <laughs> Bloody it's ridiculous. incredible. I know. But he doesn't want to go, does he? Like this, this story is like it is the Gareth Bale saga in microcosm. Because from what I yeah. read about this, Jonathan Barnett, his agent, was like, it's not just about the money for Gareth. His family has settled in Madrid, and and that. So it's like, yeah, he's digging in. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you guys remember a few months ago when Jonathan Barnett was grabbed at some event. Uh, some Sky Sports news guy kind of um, flash interviewed him, and uh, he said, "Oh, oh yeah, what's happened cool. with Gareth?" Because he he was being linked. But the move back to Spurs, wasn't he? And then Jonathan Barnett said, um, well, my answer to that question is, I'm an Arsenal fan. So, and it's like, what? Do you not remember <laughs> that he played for Spurs for like five years? Yeah, <laughs> Where's that come from? To be fair, though, he'd have funneled a lot of money out of Spurs for that. So, you know. Yeah, true. But I mean, it's like, he, he, was, he was like, oh, I would never let that happen. Well, you have let that happen. <laughs> Mina Raiola did an interview on an Italian thing, a paper or something and said, uh, Paul Pogba... Paul Pogba at the moment is committed to staying at Manchester United, but he but he may move in the future. I was like, well, everyone's committed to staying exactly where they are right now, you dick. And also, he said he's committed to staying at Manchester United right now. Well, obviously, I mean, there's no football he played, but he can't rule out a move in future. I mean, that's just you just told us that's what nothing probably happened. And then he's, yeah. he's planting this seed now, so in the future he can look back and go, look, he was he was he was loyal then. Yeah, <laughs> stayed the whole season. Well, he also said something along the lines of, um, and I'll have to say this because they're a bit sensitive in England. You know, Paul is training really hard, and da 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 da. I was like, I don't, I don't think fans are being in. You know, uh, fans are being a little bit precious if they think a hundred million pound player, whatever he was, is not putting a shift in and not giving a damn about their club. <laughs> Just come on, mean. We need more from you there, or less. So they should also always be reminded to people is that because what we hear about is Paul Pogger and Mina Raiola. Oh. Well, we hear about it a lot anyway. It is always worth stating that Paul Pogba oh. has played two games for Man United since the 30th of September. Wow. <laughs> One of those was a 2 0 defeat to Watford. <laughs> Where he beats you for twenty five minutes. So let, let's not let's not talk about Paul like he's at the forefront of you yeah. know footballing achievement at the I moment. I think those fans are being too touchy and too sensitive about it. Idiot. Yeah, all we want is him to train. Well, that's out of order. <laughs> You're being precious there. Exactly. <laughs> he's at the club at the moment. What more do you want? Um, <laughs> there we are. Well, let's let's go down uh, to South America for one of the more kind of intriguing stories recently, specifically to Paraguay. Again, lots of you have seen this is the story that's been been going on for the kind of the last week or two. Um, but but Ronaldinho is in prison in Paraguay. Uh, the, I mean, the, the the story is that he and his brother allegedly used fake passports to get into Paraguay a few weeks ago. And apparently, you don't need a passport to travel between Brazil and Paraguay. Why are you doing that then? It's a very convoluted uh, sort of backstory, which no one's quite sure right. on. So it's probably best that we leave that because the situation... Is that football in general? Well, yeah, indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, stuff may come out that, that obviously is not particularly nice. Um, and, and obviously, you know, it's a sad situation. This is one of the greats of modern football in a prison and blah, blah, blah. However, to see Ronaldinho, despite where, where his circumstances, wherever he goes, he, he makes these other prisoners smile. They're absolutely loving him being there, and he's been impressing in foot, foot sale mass, matches in prison, which is which is which is just 
<laughs> despite the circumstances, heartwarming. My brain just went to this kind of place when I read this story, and it's that you know because you see quite a few of those movies like uh, Mean yeah. Machine and yeah, yeah, yeah. Green Street. You know, where it's like football matches being played between the screws and the prisoners for yeah. various reasons. I, I mean, this almost certainly didn't happen, uh-huh. but I'd love it if the players had a game against the screws the next day and they're a bit short of quality <laughs> and people are in great shape. And then, and then a new prisoner came in and they thought, oh, just, oh, just if he can just do 20 minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. just keep the value up front, we might be to make the difference. Walks in, Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> and the screws are like, what are the chances of that? Looking at the team sheets, there are no team sheets. Uh, Ronaldinho's... That probably won't be the real Ronaldinho. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> got, he does look like him. Yeah. Ah, no, it won't be. That's little, that's little <laughs> Ronnie. That's some other little Ronnie. Yeah, I definitely him. Look at his face. <laughs> he scored five goals in five minutes. Um, he is, yeah, it's a maximum security prison. He's sharing a cell with his brother, which, according to uh, Paraguay's Home Secretary, looks more like a hotel room than a prison cell. Uh, but they're in yeah. the same cell. Block. That sounds a little bit like the equivalent of a little Englander saying, like, "Oh, prison's like a holiday camp, though, doesn't it?" So, mm. I mean, how, yeah. how seriously do we take that? Well, <laughs> we, the, the prison, uh, the, the what would you call it? The sort of the the prison manager or whatever uh, the title is. The governor uh, of this prison said that uh, Ronaldinho and his brother do have certain privileges. So I think that Paraguay's Home Secretary probably has a point there, Jim. It's one of the certain privileges they can do whatever they want. I, no, no, it's not. No, I don't think it's that bad. But they're in the same cell block as former president of Paraguay Football Association who was jailed for money laundering. So again, you would imagine there's a few more, um, you know, uh, yeah, sort of uh, silk edges to that sort of place, if you see what I mean. But yeah, I mean, Ronaldinho, mm. uh, goodness knows what's going on. But I, like I said, I just love the fact that wherever he goes, people just love him and he's, he's he's having a good time. I actually have played a game of futsal in a prison before. It was in Granada in southern Spain. And, what? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, Can we hear more about that? I was, I was, were you on with, the bed? I was... <laughs> what were you um, in for? <laughs> I was with uh, I was with a charity organisation called Ambassadors in Sport, and we were we were going around playing various football matches and so on. And we went into their we played their drugs wing. I wanted a I wanted a few of them to to have a little uh, Be drugs test yeah beforehand because there was <laughs> I thought these lads are very quick. But yeah, we we played yeah. them. So, uh, we only got beat six three, which wasn't bad considering that most of us were from. I think most of us, yeah, most of us would have been from Britain not that familiar with futsal and those lads played it all day that like that obviously that's that's all they did so we 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 um got a bit of uh respect from them after that that's not bad yeah yeah, yeah. You got a bit of respect from them yeah. and what, what you what, you did you go up to the biggest dog in the yard and just smack him straight away marcus well i i i i actually we we played an 11 aside game against them as well and i did the footballing equivalent of that there was a guy called pedro who was about 64 he was a big boy uh, and i thought he was the main man so i um, in the in the 11 aside game i uh, pedro. It, was, it was rolling subs and i came off the bench and pedro and i went in for like a, it was about a 55 45 my favor little nutmeg and uh, that was my first touch so yeah in in a way so Joe, marcus you are telling me that you 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 sound i'm sorry mate but you sound like that kid that, again that, that lies at school that we spoke about the <laughs> other day yeah i once played football in a prison and uh-huh. their hardest player was six foot four and he was called pedro and i came off uh-huh. the bench and i nutmeg nutmegged in with my first touch mm. <laughs> Did that happen, Marcus? Dreams can come true. And, uh, 
and and all of that I just told you is 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 absolutely one hundred percent correct. <laughs> sure, surely I would have said, oh, I scored four goals and we won the game and blah blah blah. I didn't score any goals. I gave my testimony to those boys from from uh, most of them were from Morocco actually. They were kind of uh, they they'd they were in the prison because they they would probably been caught up in some horrible business, you know, smuggling drugs into Spain. So a lot of them were from from North Africa. Not all those. I didn't think we'd be doing five or six minutes on prisons. Did you no, know neither did I. All right. Okay. No, well, it's I could amazing. Start, I could, you know, maybe we'll do an extra, uh, you know, speller in prison, speller behind bars, yeah, ramble behind bars. Yeah. yeah. And Pedro, <laughs> if you're out and you're listening, let us know. Did that happen? Yeah. And Pete, if you mind you, we have actually got our own Pedro. who might well be behind bars at the moment. Yes. <laughs> it's Pete Donaldson. That's how we met. He was six foot four in those days. I tell you. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let us move on to a new thing that we're calling time tunnel. Oh, it's exciting, isn't it? So Time Tunnel is a brand new feature uh-huh. um, where I've selected a ramble episode synopsis from the past at random. I did it earlier today, and we are then going to discuss what we remember about it, the football that happened around then, our kind of general memories. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be super exciting. So the, the, the episode I selected at random this time around for Time Tunnel was the 22nd of January 2016. It was a Premier League preview show Mm. and the synopsis is as follows. This week, the Ramblers wonder how Al Chapo (laughs) would run things ahead of RPV Chelsea. Uh, El Chapo had the, the, the Mexican drug dealer, drug dealer uh, before pondering how West Brom and Aston Villa's derby slash war of attrition uh, went. Uh, elsewhere, Marcus disrespects West Ham ahead of their hosting of Man City and, Sun- and Sunderland Bournemouth promised goals. There is also Jurassic Coast chat included. My goodness. They were the good old days, weren't they? It's a busy episode. Very busy. Yeah, what do you remember of that time? Uh, well, I actually listen back to it. And um, a really depressing thing uh, from my point of view is that Arsenal were top of the league at the time. We all know how that turned out. And we were talking about <laughs> them. Uh, Chelsea were about to come to the Emirates. And um, Arsenal had had a, like I say, they were doing well. They were, they were top of the league. And we were saying, if they can contain Diego Costa, you know, maybe they'll get something here. Lost 1-0. Diego Costa scored. It was a game where Per Mertesacker got sent off uh, for, a tackle on per, for a tackle on Diego Costa, in which he didn't actually <laughs> touch him. It weirdly looked like he did, even after a few replays but but it was very very weird and uh, Marcus was talking about the term spursing it up um, and he said well could you just as easily say that Arsenal are guilty of Arsenaling up and I said yes but if Arsenal Arsenal something up and Spurs Spurs something up Arsenal finish higher and oh how times have changed (laughs) (laughs) this is the season of course that Leicester won the Premier League wasn't it then they're not mentioned in that synopsis because obviously we were focusing elsewhere that hadn't quite come to fruition at that point well, I, I, I love the fact that we've we've chatted a bit about prison and so on and so forth, and here we are mentioning El Chapo. Yeah, I, I just watched yeah. uh, the the second series of Narcos Mexico. Had I've known what was going to happen, I haven't watched it yet. I was very good. Well, lucky you. I, I finished it about two weeks ago. Had I've known what was around the corner, I wouldn't have munched through it so quickly. Um, but uh, but Chapo is 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 featured in that. But yeah, he was. Mm. Um, yeah, why were we talking about him running running things ahead of us? There was a story that he was considering buying Chelsea, <laughs> or it? had considered it in the past. <laughs> I mean, that's that is mad. That's not happening. There's no way, Jim. If you, if you look back to the whole episode, was there any uh... Chelsea don't let gangsters buy them for crying out loud? <laughs> Jim, was there any Kevin Keegan chat? Yeah, Keegan uh, Keegan popped in there. Uh, just the idea that. Um, 
of El Chapo just popping up, buying a club that uh, Keggy was involved in. Um, <laughs> poor old Keggy. Uh, he got quite the pacing, as he regularly did and does, and will continue to. Um, My memory of Keegan around that time was, wasn't there a story around then of a, I mean, I, this could be way wider the mark, but I'm fairly certain it isn't. And this, and I should, this is fair warning to any new listeners of this show or newish listeners of this show. This is going to sound mental, but wasn't there a story around that time where a ice cream, a forty year old ice cream wrapper washed up on the beach with Kevin Keegan's face on it? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether it was like a plastic lolly stick or a wrapper. I imagine it must have been a stick, but it had been in the sea for forty years. And, uh, imagine you walk on the beach, mind your own business, and that afro pops up. That little, that little Kev Keegan perm. Yeah, oh. just, just little Keggy popping out of the sea at a terrible time in there. Forty years, uh, Jim. Yeah. At that point, that episode came out. Arsenal were top of the league at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean. Oh, God. Uh, but still, you know, Leicester won the league that season, so it was, it was brilliant. Other things that happened were Marcus waxing lyrical about John Joe Shelby. It was very, very enjoyable. And it was yeah. also the uh, episode where Pete was talking about how he'd been in L.A. and uh, a, a mm. policeman with a gun came up to him and said, hey, no Geordies allowed. Uh, obviously, he, he knew who Pete was, but Pete didn't immediately know that. So a lot, it, was a, it was a big, big week. Big week for us. Marcus, what to disrespect West Ham. I, ca- I can't remember what I said exactly. Was it was I talking about their record against Manchester City and how they always get yeah? You, you basically made a you made a mistake. You said that um um you just you just you know you just slip of the tongue. You said uh, Man City had beaten West Ham at the Etihad when actually it was the other way around, and we just laid into you for disrespecting. Uh, oh, the I see. That's right. Um, <laughs> Berlin, uh, jelly deals, um, yeah. being salt of the earth, all that sort of stuff. And actually, I, th- I think I stand by it. Yeah, I do as well. You're out of order. You are out of order. Mm, I think. Um, all right. Well, listen. That, that was um, that was this week's time tunnel. Um, go back and listen to that episode if you like. I mean, let's be honest. There's absolutely nothing else to do. Um, and and it sounds like a vintage episode. We'll do another one of those yeah. uh, anon when we decide that we fancy having a look back into the to the history books again. Indeed. Where can people find these episodes, Luke? Um, the best place to go for really old ones is to go to Acast um, for those. I mean, iTunes and uh, most podcast catchers go back a certain distance. Um, and there's loads of that. I think, I think, I, I think Apple Podcast goes back 300 eps. Right. But we do so many episodes that it, you, you might have to look up the Acast um, app or onto acast.com to find uh, older ones than that. Um, but it's worth doing because it's always a bit of fun. Yeah, and that one was from the 22nd of January 2016. Correct. Lovely, lovely old job. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna tweet the link of the episode, so uh, do check out um, uh, the ramble on on the old twittles. Um, right, ladies and gentlemen, we've we've come to the end of our time. Um, what we're gonna do? Uh, a few people have been asking us um, uh, individually and collectively about football films to watch uh, during this lockdown sort of period. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch the film Gull over the weekend, and, and we're going to review it on Monday. This will be music to Pete Donaldson's ears. He's back on Monday, um, we're, we're led to believe. Uh, so we're going to watch the film Goal. Um, it, it may well be on, on YouTube, the whole film, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So do, it's always worth uh, checking out there, or I don't know if it's on maybe Netflix or Amazon or, or something like Let's that. Let's find a way to watch it, and then we'll, we'll talk about our thoughts on it on Monday. Very much so, yeah. I, but I would imagine most of you have probably seen it over and over again and are very familiar. So so there we are. But, but until Monday, uh, thank you very much for listening to the preview show on Football Ramble Daily sponsored by Betway it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much Luke Moore 
Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you, mate. And thank you, listeners. This was a Stakhanov production. I, I, I really, I really miss your faces. I've something, something that I've, I've, I've come to realize. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Really? Yeah. You got some. Love. I've got a picture of uh, both of you up on my, um, my desk. Oh, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should make sort of dummies of ourselves, like that scene <laughs> in Alan Partridge. What I've done with Pete is I've put like the black bar across his eyes, like when you see an SAS photo. <laughs> <laughs> Giving him the old Tony Blair eyes of you. <laughs> yeah, Demon Eyes. Mm. That's the name of the, the, the Labour football team, apparently, Demon Eyes. Yeah, I played against them. Did you? Really? You want to hear How about that? How did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I played in the... Actually, I was with Pete Donaldson. We played in a uh, Sunday league team for a while. Oh, yeah. And uh, for, for one season, we were in the same division as the Labour... Part, I think they were in power then, so it was a Labour Party um, uh, football team. And a couple of cabinet members played. James Purnell played, and he's now, I think, doing something big, at, important at the BBC. Um, he was he was like a real terrier, like a real dog of a player. Yeah. He was actually quite annoying to play against. But then, as you guys both know, I'm quite annoying to play against as well. Mm. So uh, I can't complain. Um, there were one or two others as well. Um, but I think I think we might have actually beaten them. Oh, right. Um, but anyway, yeah, I can't. It was all made up of like proper. You know, um, was Alistair Darling uh, the captain? <laughs> he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Captain but, um, you, know, you know the kind of staffers, the special advisors that you see in the thick of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all a bit like that. Oh, mm. terrifying. That's not yeah. a team you want to come up against. I don't know, Jim. We won. We didn't win many games in that, in that team, so I think, I think they must have been quite poor. Mm. The beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. That was, of course, when football was being played, ladies and gentlemen. How we, how we missed those days. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.